Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Coast to Coast podcast, episode nine, Bills Rush to Capital. I am your co-host, Beyond 716, live from California on one coast. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend on the East Coast, Little 2K from New Jersey. We are here tonight. And if you are listening to us on Twitter or YouTube, we always you know, like and subscribe to our podcast on Twitter, Coast to Coast Podcast NJ. We love those notifications, so we really appreciate you all coming on here, especially in the chat and listening. Whittle, how are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. We're doing much better than last week at this time. Absolutely, absolutely, man. It's uh it's a lot, it's a the 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 sun shines a little brighter, the air smells a little sweeter. And, uh, you know, just your week has a better uh, feel to it coming off of a win than uh, coming off of a loss. So uh, very, very happy to very, very happy that the Buffalo Bills were able to uh, beat the uh, Las Vegas Raiders by the score of 38 to 10. Um, It was something that I feel like we need to have happen. And uh, they went out there and they number one, they got the win. But the manner that they got the win was it was kind of settling. Like it was, it was something that was like, okay, we can relax a little bit. This team really is that good. So um, it was, it was nice to see a dominant performance from, from the hometown boys, especially in the hometown uh, opener. Uh, that was huge. That was huge. Absolutely. Um, it was like a collective sigh of relief, right? Well, it was, you know, after the Monday night game and, you know, the emotions with that and 
just to see a complete team performance too, right? Up and down. It wasn't as great as Josh Allen was. I feel like there were so many, so many positives from this game. And we're going to get into that as we go on here uh, in our rundown of the 38 to 10. Let's just call it what it is, a beatdown of the Raiders last week, which again, you know, this is a Raider team. We talked about it last week with our, with our special guest on. They don't lose a lot of games by a lot of points. They play a lot of teams tough. So, I know people may look at the Raiders and say, ah, it's just the Raiders, but it's not easy to beat any team in the NFL by over 20. It, it just, it really is not. So it's something that we should definitely take as, as like, we got our swagger back, so to speak. And, and then that's what I took most from it. Yeah, uh, it was, it was a big game, man. I, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the Raiders and, and they're not expected to do uh, well this year, but they're not void of talent. Um, but I think that game was more about what we needed to do uh, versus what the uh, the Raiders were doing. Uh, Josh was stellar. No turnovers. Um, what do you have, two two touchdowns or three touchdowns? Two I know touchdowns. he threw the one to Knox. Okay, two touchdowns. Do the one to Knox. Oh, sorry, three touchdowns. I apologize. Little three right. touchdowns. Knox, the one to Knox, the one to Shakir, and the one to Gabe Davis. So he had three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think um, Harris rushed for a touchdown. I think Harris got one on the ground. So, um, yeah, it was big. But Josh having no turnovers after having the four turnover game against the Jets, to come back the way he did, man, and throw the ball the way he did, you know, make these, the decisions that he made. He actually actually did throw one interception. It was a tip ball. Uh, but because it was like illegal hands to the face or something like that on the defense, it was called back. And, um, you know, it's like it never happened, right? Exactly. Uh, Josh, I mean, Josh made 31 mm-hmm. made some incredible game, man. Um, we all, uh, you know, the arm strength, you know, the athleticism, uh, you know, the competitive fire that he has, but just the way that he was just kind of able to just have command of the offense, kind of take what the defense gave him and then pick his spots where he needed to be great. And where he needed to be great, you know, rolling out right touchdown to uh, to uh, Gabe Davis, throwing across his body. He hit Gabe for like a 48-yard touchdown, uh, not a touchdown, but a 48-yard big game, threw it over the top of uh, of the coverage. It was it was a broken play that they just kind of made made whole into a big chunk play, man. That was beautiful. And then just just an absolute ridiculous throw to Khalil Shakir for a touchdown. I mean, the guy is navigating the pocket. The pocket's collapsing around him. Uh, he he looks like he's trying, he's going to escape, gets ready to run into the defensive tackle, you know, run into the arms of the defensive tackle, just kind of stops, side arms to throw, right? It was perfect accuracy. Khalil Shakir catches it, you know, turns upfield, gets into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo, and I mean, it was that was it, man. It, it was it was a route from that point on. Um, what did you think of Josh, man, in 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 that game? Well, you know, we we've heard a lot about the turnovers, right? We've talked about it all the time, right? And can Josh adjust to a lot more cover two shell? We're seeing so far, and even Josh alluded to it today in his press conference. And listen, I I even the big takeaway I also had from yesterday, I mean Sunday Whittle, was. I thought a little bit more about Monday night and Josh was also 29 to 41 in that game. Right. 
it was it was the mistakes, it was the Jets' pressure that led to a couple of those turnovers, and of course the fumble, which is something we've talked about a lot that we want to see him get a better grip on. And some of that's just Josh being Josh. He wants to make a big play, and sometimes he's going to turn the ball over. But I just love to see Josh saying, you know what? Hey, I got this golden arm, but I'm going to take what they give me. And, and look at the numbers. And what they, what he, what I would keep reinforcing to Josh is you keep taking what they're going to give you. Those big plays will open up eventually as the game goes on, right? Because the, the, the other defense is going to adjust after that and say, hey, we can't stop you know, Josh on these, these checkdowns and, and quick throws, then maybe something deep over the top to Davis or Diggs opens up. So, and, at a, and like Pat said, a 77% completion. I mean, first two games, I mean, who says Josh is not accurate, right? I mean, right. I, I'm tired of that narrative too. I mean, if I ever hear that narrative again, I'm you know, just going to check out because it's really not true. It's, it's, there's a lot of reasons why his completion percentage is lower than others, weather reasons, play call reasons, etc. But, I was very impressed overall with the offense and especially the running game. Yeah. Okay. You, you were saying something about the running game? Yeah. So we could definitely pivot into that, which I thought was a, a great strength. So what did you think overall of our new quote three headed monster, so to speak, led by James Cook? Uh, I, I was, I was impressed. Um, I, I was I knew James Cook was. I don't. We. I mean, we knew James Cook was good. We knew what to expect from Latavius Murray, and and you know, you know what Damian Harris has done um, since he's been in the league. But the thing that was crazy to me about like James Cook was his yards after contact were amazing. I I just thought that that like there were a couple of plays where he just he he runs into a crowd and you think all right you know this is a two yard gain and. And for some reason, the guy's coming out on the other side for you know six or seven yards, or, or you think they, you think the defense has him dead to rights, and he turns up the field, turns on the speed burst, and you know he's up the field for a first down. I mean, I, I I was so impressed with his vision. I was so impressed with um just with with his with his contact balance. It was it was amazing. Like he he was so good. He was just so good. Uh, but. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I was. I would like to see more. Um, I'd like to see a little more. Um, I'd like to see a little more uh, Harris uh, mm-hmm. versus Murray. I like Murray. Don't get me wrong. Murray, I think is is an excellent change of pace uh, and passing mm-hmm. downs. He's an excellent pass protector. Uh, but when when I'm if we're running the football and we're not inside the five. You know, give give me a little more Harris, please. You know, I I, I think that yeah, you, you saw the big punt return. I mean, the big uh, kickoff return that he had um, mm-hmm. in the second half. I, that was that was huge. That really got us going as well. Um, he's he's got he's got a he's got an excellent blend of power, speed, and uh, power, speed, and explosiveness. So I would love to see yeah. all of those things uh, utilized on the offensive side of the football. Um, but the the I want to give some credit to someone who I have criticized uh, a lot over the last season and off season. It's actually two people. I have to give credit. Two weeks in a row, uh, I thought Ken Dorsey did an excellent job. And I mean, this is kind of not what we wanted to talk about today, but I have to give the flowers where they do. 
Ken Dorsey called an excellent game. Um, I thought that he added in a bunch of under center plays for Josh Allen where we're either utilizing play action and that ball fake from under center from Josh is excellent. He's very, very good at it. We need to use it more. Um, and then we ran the football from under center as well. We ran for power. We ran for, you know, there was a little bit of pin and pull. Uh, and I, I, I just got to give him credit. You know, it was he, he called a great game. I got to give him credit for it. He definitely called a great game. I think that Dorsey, and I, and I said this, we I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I said this uh, before uh, about, you know, I think that Dorsey's finally figuring out how to call a game based on the personnel that we have, not based on what he wants to see the offense do. I think that's a, that's a big difference. Uh, and I think that's, it shows the level of growth that, that, you know, we needed to see from uh, year one uh, OC Dorsey to year two OC Dorsey. Um, and then, you know, I got to give credit to the big man. That's right, coach. Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown was going up against the stud defensive end, Max Crosby. They call him Mad Max. And, I, you know, it, by, by no means did Spencer Brown dominate that matchup, but I thought Spencer Brown held his own. I thought Spencer Brown was solid. I thought that he was – I thought he defend. I thought he was very smart with the way he um, played against Max Crosby. Now they did do some things to help him out. They sent, uh, you know, they sent Knox over there to help out a couple of times. Harris went in there and 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 you know lined up, you know, in an empty set uh, to the right of uh, to the right of Spencer Brown and and got a little chip block in there to to keep Max Crosby from turning up field. So they they definitely helped Spencer Brown out. But when he had to go one on one, you know, if he tried to beat him inside. Spencer Brown, you know, leverage leverage that right guard and pushed and pushed uh, Crosby into his own man, and you know it was it was an excellent job when Max Crosby tried to turn up field and use the speed rush. He just followed him right up the field and held him and did not allow him to counter and come back and get Josh from behind. Josh was able to escape and make plays with his legs and make plays with his arm, uh, you know, on the run off platform, which is something that he's great at. Uh, so yeah, like I, I thought Spencer Brown had a great game. I thought the offensive line in general played very, very well, but again, it's the Raiders. We were expected to win that game and we did exactly what we needed to do. Um, so, uh, what do you like based on what you saw from the old line? What do you, what, what did you take away from the game? I, I, you know, we talked about this a lot in the off season and all our spaces and, all of our conversations, right? We, we're not expecting Spencer Brown to be a Pro Bowl right tackle, right? But all we need is solid and stable, right? And that that is an absolute upgrade for the Bills at right tackle. And it's pretty significant, right? That's how bad, unfortunately, Spencer Brown was last year. You can call it what it was. It was a, obviously a back problem is a big issue you have to deal with all season, right? So if we just continue to get solid Spencer, right, all season, it's just going to do wonders for it. And, you know, let's give an, another shout-out to our rookie, Torrance. I mean, Osiris Torrance was very solid in this game yet again. 
you know, he's even doing better than I thought he would in his first two games, right? You know, first two games in the, in the league, you're trying to get acclimated. I think he's been excellent. And let's give some props to Aaron Cromer. I mean, Aaron Cromer, you know, year two, he's had more time with some of these offensive linemen. I think it's starting to show across the board, right? And I love what you said about Ken Dorsey. You know, what we, we forget, we talk about players, right? In their rookie year, second year, third year, they could take those leaps, right? We forget that coaches can too, right? Some coaches don't, some coaches do, just like players, right? And sometimes the good ones, like you said, Dorsey is learning that, hey, I, I have my system, but I have to use the players I have against certain teams each week and adjust like that. So we're seeing an evolution of Ken Dorsey. Let's hope that continues going forward in 2023. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, another another uh, thing, and we're, we're, we're dragging this out a bit, but uh, I, listen, man, we got to give the flowers to the team, man. The boys, went to, the boys showed up and they played well. Um, another uh, another something that we were also a little worried about was, you know, how was the defense going to look this year with, uh, you know, with brand new middle linebacker uh, Terrell Bernard, and there were some questions of whether Dotson was going to be there. Uh, we drafted Dorian Williams, so it was it was a competition that Terrell Bernard actually, you know, actually won by <laughs> not being there, <laughs> which is crazy. Mm-hmm. He won the job because everybody else played so poorly. Um, but man, like this guy, you know, he looks uh, he he looks good. I like I was I was skeptical. I was very skeptical. First off, I was. I was a little nervous about Sean McDermott calling the plays without stud middle linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds. I, I still think he's a stud. Uh, we wish you well over there in that cesspool called Chicago now, but that's something we can talk about on a different episode. But yeah, I, like Terrell, Terrell Bernard plays so well, man. Um, he had the interception. Uh, I was talking with uh, Kevin Masiri. Uh, well, we were in the space. I don't know if you were in the space earlier on Twitter. Uh, with Kevin Mysterio, we were discussing uh, Terrell Bernard from an analytical standpoint, uh, Kevin Mysterio from cover one. Uh, and he was saying that his average depth of tackle was like 0.9 yards or something like that, or 0.8, 0.8 yards or something, something crazy like that, which means that this guy is hitting people in the hole. He is attacking the ball carrier. And that's something that, you know, Tremaine Demons did not really do. He got a ton of tackles, but they were always, you know, outside the hole after the guy gotten, you know, three or four yards. Bernard was amazing. And, oh, by the way, tip ball in the air from, I want to say Rousseau tipped it. If And mm-hmm. Bernard makes the catch. How many times have we seen Tremaine Edmonds drop plays like that? I yeah. was, yeah, I, w- I was so yes. happy, man. I, I was so happy. Matt Milano with another interception. It's two weeks in a row. You you got to go and watch the interception. Like, if you're out there and you did not watch the game um, and you don't know what we're talking about, Matt Milano's interception was, uh, I, I mean, this guy's, this guy's putting in his bid for de- defensive player of the year. Because that was a great interception. I mean, that was a great interception, man. That's that might be one of the top ten plays of the year. He goes over the back of the mm-hmm. of the of, of Josh Jacobs without committing a penalty, and and intercepts the checkdown, which is cr- like I 
I've never seen a play like that before. Um, I mean, same here. Well, yeah, that's what so, elite players do. That's an elite player play right there. Absolutely, absolutely. But our D line showed up to play. So, uh, beyond man, talk to me about this defensive line because I, I thought I thought they got after it. Well, you. So he, he was signed, obviously, in the offseason to the contract, and it, it was a risk, right? We, we all acknowledged it, right, that this it was a risky move by Bean, but so far it's really paying off. If, if we could get this at Oliver the rest of the season, I mean, what dividends it's going to pay, you know, for our defensive line? Yeah. I think people say, oh, the Bills don't have that many sacks, but the Raiders also only ran 39 plays last week. So we had less opportunities to get sacks. So. All right. Looks like we lost Beyond for a second. He'll be back in a few seconds. But yeah, that defensive line was amazing. Um, you know, Leonard Floyd, uh, again, applying pressure from the edge. Gregory Rousseau is definitely coming into his own. He, too, applied a ton of pressure from the edge. They were very good against the run. Um, I think one of the first running plays that the Raiders had, uh, Ed Oliver just picks up the his his man and drives him, you know, four yards in the, into the backfield into into uh, Josh Jacobs' lap and and breaks up the play for for a huge loss. Just the line the line is just playing well. I mean, right now, the Vaughn's not even back yet. Like. When Vaughn gets back, we, we we're really going to be a problem. Um, right now, we're a problem, but not necessarily the level of problem that I think we're going to be when Vaughn gets back. Like when Vaughn gets back, it's really going to be an issue, and we got beyond that. Okay, my my apologies there. So not no problem, man. <laughs> no, we just talk. I was just talking about how the D line came to play, and Oliver with you know the huge uh, tackle for loss. Uh, you know, just just to kind of sum up what how dominant that defensive line was we held the defending NFL rushing leader to negative 2 yards rushing in, in an entire game that that's impressive Josh Jacobs is is like that he's one of them ones uh but he he couldn't find anything against buffalo this weekend so you know, you gotta you gotta give you gotta give a huge shout out to the defensive line and to those linebackers, man. They they bottled everything up, man. Um, to the point where like they gave up the defense gave up an opening drive for a touchdown, and then they gave up like a field goal later on. I, I don't know, I, it might have been the second quarter they gave up the field goal, and then after that, they never scored it like they, they yeah, the Raiders never scored again. So, shout out to the defense, man. They, they they really came to play. But we have that was the last game. That was the last Sunday, and we move on this Sunday to the left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders, Washington Commanders on Sunday in Washington in their building, um, and uh, I I'm looking forward. To our, our uh, special guest, we we supposed to have. Uh, I'm waiting on him to pop in. 
But until then, um, you know, we 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 got the commanders coming in, man. And some of the big things, there were some big changes for the commanders this year. Uh, new ownership group. Um, Magic Johnson's a part of it. Uh, Dan Snyder had been. Dan Snyder had been um, the owner for a long time. There was a lot of there's a lot of nonsense, you know, going back and forth with him and some emails and some harassment issues and different things like that. It was a lot of stuff that went on uh, with the commanders and Dan Snyder. He was forced to sell the team. They finally got the deal done. Now the commander fans can. You know, it's like they're singing. I can see clearly now Snyder's gone. All the obstacles are no longer in their way. So they're, they're moving forward, and they're moving forward with a really, really good, talented team. Uh, currently, they're 2-0, and and that that talent is, uh, is bolstered by a bunch of young guys, man. And uh, at the head of that group, I would have to say, would be fifth-round draft pick quarterback out of the University of North Carolina, Sam Howell. Uh, I, I did a little, I did a little draft. Uh, I did a little draft work on Sam Howell to, you know, I, I like the kid. Like I watched him play in college. Uh, I watched what he looked like when he had a bunch of weapons, when he had uh, Javante Williams and a few other guys that were NFL talent. They had a, a ton of NFL talent. Sam Howell put up a lot of numbers. Like he was, if he would have left the year before he got drafted, he would have been probably a top 10, top 15 pick. E- easily, easily. Uh, but he stayed an extra year, dealt with some injuries. A lot of his talent kind of left. Um, and, um, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. Like, you get into those situations and, you know, what can you do, right? You, you just – you got you got to move on and 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 make it happen the best you can. So his numbers dipped a bit. Uh, he has some injury concerns, but overall, like Sam Howell, still is an extremely talented, extremely talented kid. Um, they also took uh, running back out of Alabama, Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, big, strong kid. You know, six. What is he? I think he's like six three, six three, six four, something like that. Mm-hmm. 230 pounds, big, big, strong kid. Uh, somebody I wanted to the Bills to go after, uh, but they never did. And, you know, he's he's down there in D.C. doing his thing. Uh, got shot before the season. Like, he got shot before the season, and he was forced to miss a few games. I think that was last year he had yes. got shot um, in his car waiting on – I think he was waiting on, like, food or something like that. Yeah, and it crazy story about that. Um, where he got shot at, I actually know that location. Like I was stationed down there for a little while with um, with the military. Yeah, 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 I was I was stationed down there with the military for a little bit, and uh, you know I had been to some of those same spots. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know I. I I had driven past the spot where he got shot a bunch of times. You know, you never think about that when you're down there, but um, it always hits harder when you've been there, right? You know what right. I mean? It hits you a little yeah. harder for sure. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, when when I heard about him, I'm like, yo, he got shot. Where he get shot at? Like, oh, he got shot in the um, was it uh, north northeast section of DC? So I'm like, 
Northeast. I know I know the area. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, well, we're at me. You find out where, and it's like, oh, yo, I my favorite breakfast spot is like three blocks away from there, you know, in, in DC. So that was kind of wild, but um, you know, he made his recovery and came back to have a, a pretty good, pretty solid rookie season. And um, you know, this year, this year the guy is uh the guy's the guy, you know, he he's putting up numbers, he's doing his thing. I can't front, I like I, I can't front him the kid. The kid looks good. He looks real good. Uh looks good in the mm-hmm. offense. They're using him um in passing downs, they're using him, you know, in the screen game, they're using him to punish the defenders. Like I, I like him a lot, man. I like him a lot. Um Emmanuel Forbes. And I know I'm I'm I feel like I'm rambling right now, but like you know, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, Brian. But I love, know, I love the little rambles. You know, that. you know the draft is my thing, man. So Emmanuel yes. Ford, Mississippi State. This kid led the NF. The he led the NCAA last year in interceptions. He is the definition of ball. You know, not really big. He's he's got he's got solid size. I mean, you know, he's like six one. But then he's like 160 pounds, like 170 pounds. Like he's real thin, man. But he listen, if it's a lazy ball, it's going the other way. If you don't put that zip on it, the guy's gonna take it. Um, I like that pick a lot. They they were they were terrible in creating turnovers last season, so they went out and got a guy that was gonna go ahead and do that. And already, what does he do? His first interception is on future Hall of Famer. Um, Russell Wilson, great catch, uh, diving towards the football, makes the catch, cl- completes the catch through the, uh, through, through, through the, through the fall and, you know, hitting the ground and things like that. And then gets up and he's so excited. He actually fumbles the football, picks it back up and then, you know, takes off for a little bit and gets tackled. But yeah, the, the kid is, listen, that was a great pickup. Like I, I love Emmanuel Forbes. I do think he's a tad small as far as like weight wise, but he'll fill out. He'll get he'll get he'll get a little weight on him. He's not shy about tackling. He will tackle, uh, which was another concern um, coming into the draft. But I, I think they have a solid, solid, solid group of, uh, of 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 young studs that they're building around. Um, and the other big thing in DC right now for the Commanders is that star-studded D line. Uh, Brian, when when you hear like we know what a star-studded D line or we know what a a, a dominant defensive line looks like because we play one twice a year in the Jets, but when you think about the commanders, when you think about the commanders and that front line, that front four that they had of Chase Young, uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat, what what comes to mind on your on your end? What do you think about when you when you hear those names? <laughs> it's you know it, you mentioned and you pair that with a guy like Emmanuel Forbes who you said is a ball hawk right and yep. thinking about our first week matchup against the Jets and we know this is a different defense right I mean it, it's going to be this is going to be an amazing test for this offensive line of ours right now I'm kind of glad we went through week one already because it kind of prepares us a little bit more for this kind of matchup but I mean, what can you say about this front four? I mean, it's if they fall together, right? Because Chase Young has had some injuries, as we know, right? Right, right. 
I mean, what'd you say? Okay. Beyond's having a little difficulty. I don't know, like, is Pat, you guys, is there you guys. I mean, we just can't have three, four turnovers again. That's how Washington's going to beat us this game, right? I mean, maybe we do get the one off. We get that one Josh throw. We're like, ugh, right? You know, we can live with that, but we just can't live with multiple turnovers against this kind of team. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, Brian, you there? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. So we're having a little we delay. Go. We're having some uh, technical issues right now, but um, we'll we'll continue to push through it. Yeah, it could uh, very well be on my end. Yeah. Apologize. Yeah. Guess. Well, listen, we're we're still in our baby stages. This is only episode. What is this? Episode nine. This is only episode nine. We're still episode in baby nine. stages. We're almost at our double digits. Yeah. We're still crawling, guys. We're still crawling. Um. But yeah. So. I just want to get I just want to get this or get this off about this D line. Uh, we we faced the Jets D line with Quentin Williams and you know JFM John Franklin Meyer. Um, you got Carl Lawson there. You, they got Al Woods. They got a bunch of Quincy Quincy. Uh, what's his name? Quincy Jefferson. Um, yes. Jermaine Johnson. You know Will McDonald, Bryce Huff, a, a ton of names. Right. Those guys are amazing. This this front four is better than whatever front four the Jets can put out there. The front four. Uh, yeah, so the front four is uh, is better. It's full of first-round talent. Uh, Montez Sweat, dominant edge rusher, can beat you with speed. Uh, excellent, excellent counter moves. Um, strong, plays the run well. Uh, just, 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 I mean, he's just a solid guy that you, you add to your line. And I mean, he's not one of those like solid guys that you just say, all right, this is a rotational piece. No, this is a centerpiece on your line. Like if on, on 31 other teams, this guy would be, you know, well, I don't want to say 31 because there's some dominant edge rushers out there, but the vast majority of the league get, gets a guy like Montez Sweat and they expect their sack numbers to go up by double digits. Right, they're expecting their numbers to go up between 10 to 15 sacks because he's going to get you anywhere from seven or eight to nine to ten. And then because he's there, other guys are going to get an extra sack or two just because of the attention that he garners from the uh offensive coordinator and the offensive line. Um, then the, the two monsters in the middle, man, Jonathan Allen and uh, and Deron Payne. Um, you know, Payne's an Alabama guy. I think Allen is as well. I gotta check. I don't want to. I think they are. I believe that. They I don't want to give, give y'all false information. Allen, Let me. Uh, Allen is Alabama, and you are correct, by the way, Walt. Just to confirm. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure because 
I knew both both those. I mean, listen, Alabama, like you know what it is. Oh no, he went to UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. That's not. That's not. That's not Alabama, Alabama. That's. I mean, it's Alabama, but not Alabama, Alabama. You know, Alabama light, right? Alabama. <laughs> the, right, uh, right, right, right. It's Alabama, Alabama but it ain't. It ain't. It ain't Alabama. Um. No, it does say. Yeah, it says he went to Alabama. Jonathan Allen. Yeah, I thought he was. I was pretty sure he was on his Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. So there you go. Um, you, Bills fans, you know what we put out. You know what we put out there. Um, you know what Alabama puts out there. We have Marcel Darius. So you know, you know what type of. Uh, you know what type of situation we're getting when, when you talk about an Alabama defensive line. And then on the other side, you got Chase Young. Chase Young stands out from Ohio State. Uh, I mean, he looks the part. He's, he's, he's built like a prototypical defensive end. Um, he's had some injury concerns, but there's never been a doubt of the talent. There's never been a doubt when it comes to the talent level. The guy is extremely talented. That is the, that is the calling card of this defense. Uh, they are trying to bolster that that front four that front four with uh, a secondary of Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Kendall Fuller, another very very good young corner that they have, and um, I want to say Cam Curl is the uh, now now it looks like I'm having issues. Jesus man, what's going on? I, I guess they don't want us to uh, do the episode tonight. Do you have, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's both, it's just it's a crazy day out there. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, it's all good though. We'll figure we'll, we'll figure this out, man. We'll get this together. Um but yeah, no, they 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 got some they got some guys back there, man, that you know, I, I gotta be honest, they like they, they got some studs, man. They got some studs, they got some they got some real plays. Uh so you know, they, what they want to do is they want to get to the quarterback before they want to drop seven and um, they want to make sure that, you know, if you put the ball in the air against the secondary, that they got guys back there that can take it away. So, you know, that that's that's where they are defensively. Um, some of the other young, some of the other moves that uh, I am very, very I was very, very happy to see them go after and get uh, they signed uh, former. Buffalo Bill, Jamison Crowder. I thought that was an excellent move as the wide receiver. He can come in and help those younger guys. Um, he can come in and help those younger guys uh, acclimate themselves to the NFL. Uh, Jake Fromm is another guy that uh, used to play for the Buffalo Bills, backup quarterback. Um, we, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and, and in addition to Brian Robinson, well, Brian Robinson, 6'1", 228. And then they have uh, their feature back out of Memphis is Antonio Gibson, uh, 6'2", 220. Another big, solid back, tough to bring down. And then uh, they drafted a rookie who I was very, very, very high on uh, out of Kentucky, Christian Rodriguez Jr. Listen, mm-hmm. I wanted. I like I thought that he was the perfect compliment, the perfect compliment to uh James Cook. Uh you know, Christian Rodriguez, he's not gonna play a lot. He's he's really not gonna play a lot because of the two guys in front of him. 
But I, I imagine that Antonio Gibson is going to have to get paid pretty soon, and they're probably going to just let him walk because you got Brian Robinson, you're adding Christian Rodriguez. Um, they're kind of the same backs. I think Antonio Gibson's got a little more burst, a little more speed, a little more power, a little more punch. But, um, you know, Christian Rodriguez, Chris, I, like, he's got some of that too. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the long speed that I think an Antonio Gibson has. But for sure, for sure, Chris Rodriguez Jr. So he, he's like a bowling ball, man. Very tough to bring down. Solid receiver out the backfield. Can pass a lot. Uh, very, very, very underrated pickup. Uh, they picked him up, like, late, late, late in the draft as well. Um, but, yeah, like. Very, very, very good. Very, very, very good. So, the linebacker my memory says Greg Gibson. What's that? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Real quick on Gibson. He's good in the – I feel like – isn't he good with the screen passes in the passing game too? That's something we got to really be cognizant of on Sunday. Oh, I- like that's something I'm concerned about a little bit that we really have to I, – I feel like we don't – Sometimes we get burned by that, so we really have to be mindful of Gibson in those situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, some of the key matchups, some of the, some of the key things that we got to look at when we're talking about the Bills, when we're talking about the game against the Commanders this weekend, is uh, how we match up with them, right? Um, listen, you know, when it comes to the quarterback versus quarterback, I, I think we have a, a decided significant edge. No need to get into great discussion about that. Josh Allen is him. Top three quarter, top three, and he ain't three. Let's talk about it. Top three, and he ain't three. Let's talk about that. Okay. Josh Allen is him. Um, I think we definitely have the advantage there. I like our running back room. Their running back room works for them. I think it's kind of, you know, whatever. But they got a few receivers, man. Uh, they got a few receivers that you gotta look that you gotta pay attention to. Um Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, Terry McLaurin, aka Scary Terry, out of Ohio State. You know what Ohio State does. Uh, what type of what type of uh, what type of what type of uh, talent they put out there? Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, et cetera, et cetera. The, the Marvin Harrison Jr. is coming out pretty soon as well. Like it is what it is. Like they that's that's wide receiver you right now. Um, and in addition to that, you got a guy, Kurt, Curtis Samuel, another wide receiver from out of Ohio State. Very, very good third option. Uh, they just got a bunch of route runners, man. Like, these are guys that can route you up. So, uh, Sean McDermott, let's chill on the man coverage this week, okay? Because I don't know how much yeah. it's going to work. But um, I think I, I think we got to pay attention. We got to pay attention to those guys. Those guys, are, those guys are fast. They're aggressive at the catch point. And they're very, very good. They're not those. They're underrated, but they're that's a very, very good wide receiver group. Possibly a top five to seven, top seven uh, wide receiver group in the NFL. They're very, very, very good. Uh, very good. Uh, and then in, in addition you know what to that, what you got? Mm-hmm. You know what else they got? They got a two-time Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator now, and Eric the Enemy scheme it all right. together. Right, which is you know maybe that's something they've really been missing in Washington. With you know, I, that's why I think Sam is such a good situation, like you said, just such a very such an underrated wide receiver room. So that it's 
you know that's gonna and Eric Bien is very familiar with us, so yeah, I, I was gonna say let's drill let's drill down on that a little bit. You you bring up Eric Bienemy and that's and that's excellent. I, I I think that that's a huge uh that's a huge plus for them because it, so far so so far this season from what I've watched he's been using uh he's been putting Sam Howell in, in positions where Sam Howell can be successful. They're two and zero and they're two and zero for a reason. Um came back from a twenty one three deficit in order to uh win that in order to win that. This past game, this past week, weekend's game against the Broncos, um, but do, where do you see where do you see the advantage? Do you see the advantage with the enemy as the play caller, or do you see it with Sean McDermott as the defensive play caller? Because those two are going to be going at it. I think it's kind of a wash, a little bit, maybe a little bit of edge to Sean, just based on the talent we have and just how our experience. Right. This game for Washington reminds me a little bit of when we played New England in 2019. Was it 2019? Wasn't the game that Josh got hurt where he got hit in the back? Remember, it was like a statement. We were at home and we got off to a good start. And this was like our benchmark game. Right. It was, you know, have the bills arrived. Right. The commanders are kind of in that role right now. They're trying to assert themselves. We have asserted ourselves. Right. We're one of the top teams in the NFL. So. But I think that advantage is – I think it's pretty close, right? I think there's a lot of familiarity on both sides. I'm not worried about the enemy having any any advantage mentally over us. I mean, we've beaten that team a couple of times when he was in Kansas City. It's not like we can't at least contain him. So, and again, nobody's getting Patrick Mahomes mistaken with Sam Howell anytime soon. No offense. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you there. I think that the uh... – I think the advantage goes to Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott's had the, the pleasure of being the head. He, he's had the ability to be the head coach and the pleasure to sit back and watch as uh, Eric Bieniemy has gone up against uh, Leslie Frazier, you know, at that, that OC versus DC battle. So we played them a ton. We played the Chiefs a ton while Bieniemy was there and while McDermott was the head coach here. So, McDermott's got an eye for for his tendencies and what he likes to do. I I think I think I think when it comes to a preparation, to from a, from a preparation standpoint, I think we got to give I think we got to give Sean McDermott the slight edge because he's got a lot more to work with than you know he's got a lot more to work with a lot more to study a lot more a lot more material to study from what we've seen the enemy do versus what. McDermott's going to do with this defense currently. And it's week three. It's not like he's got a ton of tape from this season either. Like, maybe if this was a week 13 game, it'd be different, but got a ton of tape. It's not a ton of tape that he can uh, pay attention to. So, um, what do you think? What do you think the key thing for the Bills? What do the Bills need to do in order to win this game? I think it's kind of keep building off the success we're starting to see in the running game. I mean, we talk a lot about Josh Allen, right? We know what Josh, Josh Allen's going to eat. We know this, right? Diggs is going to eat. We're going to get, we're going to get ours there. But, you know, I was looking at Washington this year, Dave, 48 attempts against them, 218 yards, 4.5 yards. Gary, I mean, nothing special at the ordinary. I mean, they face Denver and Arizona. Um, they don't have dynamic running backs per se. 
right guys that really jump off the charts or offensive lines that really jump off the charts. So I think we should be able to at least be successful on the ground. So, I mean, maybe we're not going to see the numbers we saw against the Raiders, but can you give me Cook like 14 carries, 70 yards, right? And, and maybe sprinkle in some Damian Harris, like you said, maybe some seven to 10 carries from him, or maybe a few carries from Latavius Murray with some success, right? So that's what I feel like that will just open everything up for our offense. We just don't want to become one dimensional where that front four could just sit back, right? And not sit back, but they can come right after Josh try and maybe create some mistakes like we saw a little bit on Monday night against the Jets. I agree, man. Not not only that, but I think this is a this is a week that Sean McDermott needs to speed up the clock of Sam Howell. Uh, I watched Sam Howell against the uh, the Cardinals. I watched him against the Broncos. And in both first halves, he, he didn't look great. And the thing about those first halves was he was getting hit a lot. He was getting pressured. They were winning. They were winning up front. I mean, his uh, the, the, the defensive lines were winning up front, and they were getting to him. They were getting him on the ground. They were hitting him. They were rushing. They were they were pressuring him, and he he did not did not look good in either first half. Uh, that's something that we have to do for sixty minutes. For four quarters, we have to get after him. Uh, as good as their defensive line is, they they're tied. I think they're tied for second in in sacks this season so far after two games. But they've also given up ten sacks. That offensive line in Washington has given up ten sacks so far this year. So. We got to get Sam Howell on the ground for sure. Um, the keys for the other key for the Bills, especially defensively, defend the screen pass, man. Like, be prepared for them to throw smoke and mirrors at you. The enemy does an excellent job of scheming up screen passes to get you to get your your front seven upfield, and then throw the screen pass right behind them, and the guy takes off upfield. With you know, with a bunch of road graders in front of them dealing with corners and safeties, so our, our linebackers really have to play smart this week. Uh, and for the Commanders, they got to get turnovers, man. They got to get extra possessions. They gotta, they gotta protect Sam Howe, and they have to remain balanced. Um, even if you can't see a ton of success with the running game, you still got to use it. You still got to keep this Bills defense honest. Because if you sit back and allow this Bills defense to just pin their ear back, pin pin their ear back and go after you, they are going to do that, and it's going to be a long, long, long day for the Commanders. Um, what do you, who are your players to watch from the Buffalo Bills this weekend? Well, um, th- there's a few. I-, I would say I think Terrell Bernard, if you know, as long as he's healthy. Like you said, I think the linebacker play is very important this week. I mean, I want to see him continue to build off his solid performance last week. Um, so, I, you know, we know what Milano is, you know, so I, I think he's very key. I, I would say, and again, back to Spencer Brown, you know, we need him this week. This is a critical week with this kind of front four. We just need solid Spence, like we talked about. You know, we're not going to get all pro, all time Spencer Brown, right? We know he's, he may get beat here or there, but overall, we just need a consistent performance out of out of Spencer Brown. So th- those are my two real big keys. I expect 
you know, everybody else to play pretty much quote, to the back of their card, so to speak. But right. th- those are my two guys I'm really kind of focused on. I feel like, I mean, the offensive line in general, even Deion Dawkins had a solid game last week. He's got to keep building on that too. So we want to see that as well this week. How about you, Wendell? Uh, ooh, players to watch, man. It's got to be those safeties, bro. I think I think the safeties, I think Micah High and Jordan Poyer are going to be key this game. Um, there are some like when you're dealing with a young quarterback, if you can if you can disguise your blitz or disguise the pressure from where it's coming, you're going to confuse them. And if you're and if you're paying attention to the film correctly, you're going to know the tendencies of where he likes to go with the football when he's pressured. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are veterans. They're all pros. Those guys will know. They they got to know where to be. They got to be paying attention to the film this week. They got to know where to be because I think that if you get Sam Howell, if you get him moving and you get him uncomfortable in the pocket, he's going to give you at least one. And if he if we can get one if we can get one or two turnovers and turn those into points. This game could be over by halftime. Um, I, I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we're gonna blow them out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this Bills team is is very very dangerous when they get up. If they get up a couple scores, man, the the points come in bunches after that. It's not. They don't. They don't. They don't take their foot off the gas until five minutes left in the fourth quarter, man. So um, let's get into it. Score predictions. Score predictions. What do you got? Bills, commanders, on the road. What do you got? I expect, uh, again, just I'll give you a whole quick synopsis of how the game's going to feel. Right? We're going to see a Washington crowd electric like we haven't seen in quite some time. New owner, right? Thank goodness for that. We can all agree there. I think their fans have suffered with Dan Snyder. One year was too many, too much for that guy, right? So now, now you have new ownership. They're two and zero. You got a new quarterback in Sam Howell. You got Eric Bieniemy there as the coordinator. There's a real buzz there. Ron Rivera is a solid coach too, right? So I expect Washington to get off to a pretty solid start in this game. I wouldn't right. be surprised this game's even 14-14, like second quarter, halftime. We're sitting there like, all right, but. I feel like it's going to be one of those games where Washington is in it, but I think we pull away late and we win 31-20. That that kind of game, you know what I mean, where we never truly feel absolutely threatened like we did Monday night against the Jets. You and I were both there for that, so we know, right? right. I think we'll be fairly in control. Washington will put up a good fight. But as long as Josh limits the turnover to one or less, Right, we stay within ourselves and run the ball relatively well, which I think we can. I think the Bills win thirty-one twenty. Okay. Um, I, I'm gonna go with thirty-seven to uh, sixteen, thirty-seven thirteen. I I have a feeling that the Buffalo Bills are gonna come out and. Oh, we got a couple more score predictions. I'm throw them up in the jumbo. Uh, I'm th- the yeah. jumbo. Oh, Jesus, what am I talking about? I'm throwing them up on the screen. <laughs> That's okay. 
Yeah, my, my mind is still on Twitter, bro. <laughs> uh, so I, I got I'm I'm going with 37, 37 to 13. I think the Buffalo Bills this this weekend, I think they're going to uh dial up some some really, really nasty blitzes from, from zone, like some zone blitzes. I think they're going to attack this offensive line and attack him and, and attack Sam Howe. I think that this defense is I think this deep I, I, I don't think it's a fluke that we held Josh Jacobs to negative two yards. If you remember the Jets game, there were two big runs for over almost a hundred well, for hundred and nine yards that mm-hmm. came from this guy missing tackles. Right, so yeah. I just think that they don't have a guy as explosive. They don't have a Brees Hall. They don't have an explosive guy like that. This is not Bijan. This is not Saquon. This is not Brees, and it's not Dalvin. I think that we're gonna have some success with stopping their their running game, and I think that once we do that, we make them one dimensional. Now, at that point, it's going to be about confusing the young quarterback. This is Sam Howell's fourth professional start in his career. Fourth. McDermott, do your thing. Like you need to, you need to put this kid in a blender. Uh, we need to get a couple of turnovers, and we need to put this game away by halftime. I need this. I need the. I need the score to be twenty-one to three, twenty-four to three, seventeen to. 17 to 7, 21 to 7, you know, 27, 10, something like that by halftime. That's what I need. We do that, game's over. If we let this team hang around, if we let this team hang around, they are very resilient. And Eric Bienemy is not gonna let allow them to quit. If we let them hang around, they could come back and make this a game, potentially even beat us. Uh so we got to jump on them early. We got to get them off the field, and we got to get our offense back on the field and hit that hit that scoreboard up early and often. Take the fight out the crowd. Take the fight out of them, and get out of there and get ready for Miami, man. Um, one, with that, one being little factor to keep. Okay, so one ahead. little quick one little quick thing to keep an eye on is the old weather report. They're saying 80% chance of rain on Saturday, maybe 50% on Sunday, but it looks like it might be early in the morning. I was just looking at it earlier from Landover, Maryland. So hopefully we don't get a wet field, especially on the grass, which could actually play in Washington's favor, believe it or not. Oh, absolutely. So that's something that I hope is not a factor, but it's something to keep an eye on this weekend. Absolutely. Um, I hope for better weather. Uh, If not, it's not like we don't have Murray and and Harris. Like, let's utilize those guys. It's not like we don't have a, a couple of tight ends that should be able to get open and and you know and win some physical matchup. So I think we should still be able to control. I think we should still be able to put points on the board, but it will make things a little difficult, uh, much more difficult than it would be with uh, with uh, clear weather. Uh, this is the part of the show, Brian, where we. Have the guest uh, 
we have the guests plug in, plug their stuff, and it's just us, man. We got stood up today, man. Shout out it's to the all man. good. It, it happens. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat: Tommy, Pat, uh, Coach Johnny uh, Caves Fishing, I believe. So it's a great to see you all. We love your interactions in there. So definitely keep that coming. And we generally, we really, really appreciate it. So since since we don't really have anybody here to to plug anything, I mean, you see what's underneath. You, you know, you see this blue bubble on each one of our screens. Um. That's where you can find us on Twitter. You can find you can find me on Twitter there. You can find me on Instagram. I don't really do too much on Instagram. That's going to change soon. Uh, and you can find us. You know, you can find this show every Wednesday, at from nine to ten p.m. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit longer. Don't hold us to the ten p.m. part, but uh, you can hold us to the nine <laughs> uh, Eastern time. Yeah, we. You know, we we have a Facebook page for the for the podcast as well. You can catch us on that as well. You can catch it. I appreciate you if you catch it live. If you don't catch it live and you catch it, uh, you know, on the playback or the you know, the next day or whatever. Listen, I, I'm we're grateful that you just decided to take take an hour out of your day and, and spend it listening to us ramble on about football. Um, <clears throat> and with that. You got anything, Brian? You got anything for the people? No, just uh, let's get ready for next week. And next week's going to be a special show. With, first of all, it's episode 10, so we're hitting double digits, yes, which is great. But it's going to be Miami week. So we're going to get the troops rolling. We're going to get everybody riled up. So the showdown is on. So Squish the fish. I, I anticipate a show over an hour next week because we're going to have a lot to talk about before that showdown yeah. with the fish. So. And we Absolutely. and we and we've and we've got some really good connections with the uh, with the Dolphin fan base, so um, there's gonna be no problem getting a couple of guys up here from that side to talk um, talk fans with us. Yeah, man. Uh, yo, great job, man. Like I thought this was kind of smooth. Outside of the, uh, it's the, the spectrum going crazy on me here in California. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the Wi-Fi issues, man, we, we still working. We're working progress. But listen, like and subscribe to the channel. Um, you know, make sure you definitely like the video. Like that goes a long way. Uh whatever, however these algorithms work, they work off like. So give us a like, man, so we can so we can keep this thing going and growing. And uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for pulling up on us and you know. This weekend, hopefully, we're hopefully next week we'll feel as good as this week because we'll be coming off another W. Um, and uh, if not, man, that's if we lose this game, man, that, my is Miami a must win? Yes, and I'm just going to leave you with this one stat. Whittle, we talked about this last year, okay? Is I did some research from last year. There were 46 teams that made the Super Bowl this century, right, from 2000 to 2023. If you are 2-2, two and two, only six teams went to the Super Bowl of those 46. Wow. 1-3, only one team went to the Super Bowl. So seven out of 46 teams were 2-2 two and two or 1-3. and three. The others were all 3-1 and one or 4-0. Oh. So we do talk a lot about, yes, it's early – I think it's early from the point of getting everybody on rhythm and developing your true 
right? Like, you know, we see the bills evolve over the season. We're going to get Vaughn back. We're going to get other players back. But I think it's very, very important to stack these wins early because we know our schedule personal is getting tougher in the second half. We unfortunately know injuries are going to become a factor. It's inevitable. This is football. It's a rough sport, right? right? So, right. you know, I think it's very important. We talked about this too about the Baltimore game last year. I feel a little bit like this this week. I feel like these next two games are a must. And I, I think we're going to get them. But we'll get to next week. Next week, man, I, bro. We that's why that's why this works, man. Because we're on the same page. I too feel like we're gonna get the next two games as well. I feel like we. I feel like we should have got the first one, but you know, that's, yeah, I'll digress. We man. gotta let that be, but it's we'll, <laughs> we'll have to deal with that later. Season. Bitter pill, bitter pill to swallow, man. That's the only thing the Jet fans got going for them right now. We beat the Bills week one. <sighs> Whatever. Um. All right, man. Again, thank you guys for all showing up, man. I appreciate everybody that participated in the chat. Uh, if you caught it live, thank you for checking us out. If you catch it um, on another day, I thank you for taking the time again. Uh, like and subscribe, and we will bring you another episode of Coast to Coast next week at 9 p.m. Uh, featuring some Dolphin fans, and oh, that <laughs> will be interesting. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace out. Go Bills. Have a great week. Go Bills. <laughs>